you are back with It's Real with Isna Tianti. Inspired through sharing relevant expressions about living life. And we are doing interviews. And today we're going to be doing an interview with our very own Baba Yoga Bay, also known the Afrocentric Godfather. Baba Yoga Bay is an amazing, amazing person. He is a Thai Chi instructor. He is an African drummer. He is very well known in our community. He does rites of passages. He is a man who knows how to do healing modalities and really get the body back into shape mentally, spiritually, and otherwise. And it probably should be spiritually first. But I just wanted to say that this man has been so instrumental in my life and I am grateful for him, and I'm so honored to have him here with me today to give an interview of himself. So as he is drumming us in, I am going to have Baba Yoga Bay introduce himself to you in only the way that he can as he gives you an interview of himself. Welcome, Baba Yoga Bay. How are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. How are you, my dear? I am alive and well. Well, that's so a wonderful. I'm loving your background scenery, and I'm seeing that money tree. I'm seeing my odd. So please give us an introduction of your space and let us into you. Would love to. Would love to. First and foremost, we have to. You know, on the spiritual line, the spiritual soul connection, as they would say back in the day, Don Cornelius, the soul train. So breathe in, breathe out, breathe in again, breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. Now, as you breathe out, I want you to be there. There is wherever you want to be. Some people call it heaven. Some people call it paradise. Others call it the The hereafter. The here, the, the perfect place. Go on to the father, mother's house. Or wherever you are. I want you to be in perfect alignment. As we relax ourselves, as we are in our perfect space, I like to bring the ancestors in officially. Okay. After I bring them in, I will explain the condiments. I will explain the feng shui that I have on the the tape. But first, I'd like to bring them in. So, I would like to pour at least a drop of water to the Most High, to the Supreme Intelligence. Some people call it God. Some people call it Oludamari. Some people call it Jah. Name them. Whatever you call it, whatever you feel comfortable with, 
I want you to at least acknowledge that. I like to always call the name that my mother taught me as a child growing up. Good God Almighty. <laughs> and from good God Almighty, that's how I became aware of Allah. That's how I became aware of the African terms, Nima. That's how I became that's how I became aware of that whole list because God, as I know it, has thousands and thousands and thousands of names. So we like to at least start our day off. There's no place where we are that God is not. There's no place that God is that we are not. And we like to make that connection. Ashe. Ashe. I also would like to acknowledge my own biological uh, parents and you also acknowledge your biological parents who passed on. My mother, Jesse Mae Coulter, Ashe. My father, Willie Edward Richardson, Ashe. Uh, all of my ancestors in my line, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, those parents that I don't know, I was told that I came from the Roe, R-O-W-E, clan of the, the Carolinas. So I'm what you would call a Geechee Gullah boy, a Geechee Gullah person. So I like to acknowledge all the way from here back to Africa. All of my great ancestors. Ashe, call on some of the name of your ancestors. I call on my great greats, um, the Stones, everyone aligned with that, the Freeman, the Stokes, Ashe. everyone in those, my mother, my grandmother, Darlene, Ashe. Ernestine, Georgia Glenn. Estella, Janey Ballard. I said. Yes. Yeah. And Names known to my uncles. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. Because once we get a role, we can start calling all of the names because we have as many ancestors as there are stars in the sky. Correct. We have as many ancestors as there are grains of sand on the beach. And you know that it's countless millions, billions, trillions of ancestors. So we like to deal with those who are the ancient ones and those who more recently uh, continued their journey. Ashe. Ashe. We like to call on all of our great sheroes and heroes. All of the great ones from uh, time iniquity back into the first dynasty to Mayak to uh, Zodiactus to Bess to all of the ancestors, names known and unknown. And then our current ones like uh, Dr. Francis Cress Wellesley, like Asa Hilliard, like uh, Brother Amos Wilson like uh, John Henry Clark, Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, and the name just goes on and on and on. All ancestors known and unknown every day, but especially in this month of February, because they claim that this is the official month to acknowledge our black history culture. So especially now, 
and forevermore. Ashe, Ashe. All of the old souls who have come back to complete their journey, who didn't get things together, didn't get things right. How many old souls in the house tonight? Perhaps you may be an old soul coming back to get things cleared up. So we would like to at least give you uh, encouraging words and a drop of, of, of water, the water from the fountain of youth, the water of purity, the water of everlasting accomplishment. Ashe, Ashe, Asheo. Asheo. I so love that. That's what we like to do. And it's really simple because, you know, our people, our culture is very uh, simplistic. You know, we don't make things complicated. So we have the water. We have the, the fire, the sun, the heat. We have the earth, the plants. And of course, I have the symbols of Maya dealing with uh, reciprocity and balance because we are uh, symbolic people. And then I have the three uh, critters, the, 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 the three monkeys. I call them critters, but as we can view the animal kingdom, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, and one that they don't usually show too much, feel no evil. Hmm. So we have the things that govern us as um, humans on this planet, humans who have gotten away from our goddess and our God self. So we are here uh, to uh, put things right. So now that I have did that introduction, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll let you direct this spaceship to wherever you would like it to go. Here we go. Let's get ready. Blast off. <laughs> blast off. I just want to say thank you. And I, I do know that you have shared some very important facets of what you have made a part of your life. And that is what I want to come here and do this interview with you because this is something that most of our youth are not familiar with. And this is something that I'm certain that you have had to grow into because I don't want to presume that these practices were not something that were shown to you as a youth, but give us a little insight of where you saw yourself as a young man coming up to where you are now and these practices that you are now implementing. How did you as a young boy, young man, see yourself before we see right here before us Baba Yoga Bay? Yes, yes. Very good question. Um, I was definitely a old soul. I asked and chose to come here at this particular time. I'm what you call a World War II baby. So I was born in 44, 1944. And the World War II was, uh, was on, on the scene. And so there was in the month of July. Uh, so I was born shortly after 
uh, seven days after July the 4th. So the, 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 the bombs and the, uh, the celebration and the destruction was all taking place uh, at my birth. And I remember it uh, clearly. Um, I was a type of a child that was, uh, I believe I was conscious. The lads were always was conscious, but even more so when it was time for me to be snatched out of my mother's womb. And I realized that at that particular time that she was very ill. And I felt her sickness. And I felt the, uh, the, the, the tribulations and all of the sorrows and not having uh, adequate finances and her and her, her mate, which was my daddy, was going through a rough time. I never physically saw him. I knew of him, but I didn't ever see him. And I, I, I recognized all of that before I even came out of the womb. She had, she had even contemplated on aborting me. And um, I'm glad she did it. But nonetheless, I, I was picking up all of her mental anguish, all of the things that she was going through mentally and physically. So consequently, I, I had asthma as a young fellow. I had heart murmur. I had all of the, the sicknesses uh, that she had as, a, as an adult. I had them as a child. So Baba Yoga Bay, in you sharing that you came in the world during a very turbulent time, and you felt the turbulence of even your mother's ailments coming out as a child. When you saw these happenings and knew that you were born in this era, at any point as a child, did you see yourself as being the change that the world needed to see? Oh, without question. I knew my role very early in I could remember being in the crib one day. No, not the crib, the stroller, because we were out, this is out in public. And I'm born in Harlem, New York. And she's rolling me down, down the boulevard, probably 125th Street. And I can remember a lady coming and looking at me in the crib, in the, in the stroller, and saying, oh, what a beautiful, handsome baby. And not even two minutes after that lady said that, another lady came and looked at that and said, oh my God, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I can remember the, the confusion, the contradiction from that early age, early stage in my life. And I always felt that I didn't belong to the family that I learned later to be my own family. I always had the question, 
You're not my, you're not my parents, and where's my daddy? And this should not be uh, the life that I envisioned for myself. So I remember that, and I don't even think I was maybe two months, three months, I don't know, but I know I wasn't a year old. It's really interesting that you say you have recollection of such an early stage in your life because most people believe that children are not able to remember past a certain age. And I don't agree with that because I believe my earliest um, memories other than looking at pictures have been when I was three and we won't go into age thing, but yeah, at three and I still recall those. So when you were at that age and you have that memory of those incidences, fast forwarding into your life now, how do you see yourself changing the trajectory of what someone else tried to be a contradiction for you? And now you knowing your truth of who you are, whose you are, how does that now show the process to your progress now? Because this is what I want our youth to be able to tap in when they see these videos and come back. I want them to understand or understand that you did have a very turbulent life and you went through things, but the things you went through were solely for your now moment. You see what I'm saying? So talk to that child who may have experienced what you just stated, turbulence, stress, strife, and then how you get to this life now. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, my early life, by my own choice, my early life, I chose to go through the rough side of the mountain very young. My thinking was, if I wait to go through my hardship at a later year, that I would be too old and too broken down to survive. So let me, since I came to the conclusion based on the people and the carriers saying on one hand, how handsome this young man is, and on the other hand, how uh, ugly and you know uh, unpleasant this young man is, I realized at that young age, the, the yin and the yang, the opposites. And I realized that I was on a planet that was uh, not only contradictory, but uh, duality. And I was always what they call a space cadet child. So I didn't have any brothers, sisters that lived with me so I had to uh, be my own entertainment. And my mother was extremely poor, always, but proud. She was poor enough to get welfare assistance, but too proud to receive it. So she worked manual labor, house cleaner, factory work, all of her life and all of my life. So. As a young man and as a young child, I probably was one of the original latchkey children. 
and the movie called Hollow Nights with Eddie Murphy, I was that child. I was I was that young boy. Uh, the only difference was I I didn't kill nobody. I didn't shoot nobody in the head. But get your baby pinky before, toe. You ain't shoot nobody in their pinky toe. <laughs> yes, I I didn't shoot nobody in there, but I I ran the streets. So so the whores and the prostitutes and the uh, the night people, cause back at that time. Harlem was very much a night place. Always was a night. That's at the tail end of the Harlem Renaissance. So it didn't have all of the glamour that they had in the 20s and, you know, because 29 was the crash of the stock market. But at 30, Harlem started going down, you know. But so in the 40s, the war, you know, Harlem was, was pretty uh wretched and treacherous place so i i always remembered and experienced my hard times so to the youth the young uh kings and the young queens out there that's going through hard time my advice my words of wisdom is for them to hang on in it to endure to realize that you're going to be tested, to realize that whatever your religion is, as they used to say back in my day, uh, Jesus was tested. So what makes you think you're not going to be uh, tested? So I came through because although I was always uh, Afrocentric, back in the day it wasn't Afrocentric, but it was Pan-African. And Harlem being the place that it was, we were always black and proud. We always, the AMA, the African Methodists, the Episcopalian, the Marcus Garvey, the Noble Jewelry, the Father Divine, the Daddy Grace, the Number Runners. We always had um, uh, people that were. Uh, Rogans. They didn't call it entrepreneur back there. They called it hustlers. And we always, always had, you know, even the people who shine the shoes. They call them the boot black, and they would shine the shoes. They they might be shining shoes, but they were driving uh, the latest model automobile. They had the, the process here. The zoo suits, or by that time, the zoo suits were going out, but they were always was stylish. And that's what uh, Harlem is, like Chicago or maybe even Detroit, but even more so because we had the Apollo Theater. We had the Rockefeller Center. We had the Roxy. We had the, uh, the Renaissance. So it was always places uh, that set the trend, the style. And I grew up in that era. So the heroin was what they might call today, uh, yesterday, the crack cocaine, the, uh, the, you know, whatever the folks are doing this here, uh, drugs that they're smoking today that smells like embalming fluid. You know, it don't smell. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. nothing like the, the type of, we had marijuana that was like Sesame, Alcapoco Gold, Panama Red, 
I mean, it was so exotic. Maui, Maui, you know. We had are those are the names of um of uh, marijuanas? Yes. Oh, I was okay. I learned something yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, these, these were kind of, these were connoisseur, you know, that went and we would chase it with cavassier. You know, that was the chaser, straight, no, 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 no soda in it. You know, although they say this, hold on, Baba. So I wanted to ask you a question. This interview of you, I am learning that you have been involved in a lot of transformation in history. And where people say, it's the end times. Did you presume that when you were going through your life, that a lot of the events that you had to experience and witness, did it ever feel like the end time? And if people are feeling this way and children are being told, Oh, it's the end time. What would you tell that child? That means being that you got through what you went through now. I would tell that 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 child that God that God is in the making that you have to have a test before you can have a testimony. You have to go through the rough side of the mountain in order to see how you're going to scale and come down the smooth side. This is something you just need to prepare yourself for because Labor is part of creation. So it's not necessarily you going through all of this. The universe is going through all of this. You are just a microcosmic of the macro. You're just a small piece of the large piece of the whole. So don't take it personal. There's nothing by nobody trying to beat up on you. This is you can't be great without going through the trials and tribulations. I love that you have stated that because I do believe that the tests that we go through in life, they truly are preparing us for, I guess, a final exam. I was sharing with my brother earlier about how the end times was given to me in a way to look at it like when your end of your journey is, it is your end time. And in the meantime and in between time, it is important that we are pursuing purpose. And that is what you have done. And I would like to just really um, speak to some of the things that you are doing in the community, share with our audience what you do in the community to at your age, still be an asset, not a liability? Well, one of the most important lessons to learn is how to clean your act up, how to clean your comfort. And it's not enough to do your basic hygiene uh, two and three times a day, if not more. And we know how many people are all by the short side of that. But you got to clean your soul. And that's why I call what I do 
Baba's soul divine yoga because it's the soul that will continue the journey. The mind will go back into the mental consciousness of the universe. The body will go into the earth and be ready to be recycled for another soul. But the soul will, if it's cleansed itself, if it prepared itself, the soul will continue the journey into the vast universe. Some people want to go directly to the mother, father, God's house. And that's a, that's a good desire and a good aspiration, a good goal. But you got to be clean up because the air is quite thin and you can't take any uh, baggage. You might have some luggage and that's in your soul. You might have a, a carry-on case and that's in your soul. But you can't take a whole lot of money. You can't take fear. You can't take anger. You can't take jealousy because that's too much. You're too heavy. So you will come right back to the planet Earth or hell. And this planet Earth is a combination of heaven and hell. So it's what you make it. If you can't make this planet heaven and all you experience is hell, then you're going to experience that hell wherever you go. But if you are able to make heaven out of this mess, and mess is an acronym for me. So whenever I say mess, M-E-S-S, I'm talking about massive energy susceptible to So, Baba, you said that MESS, you have an acronym for MESS. Please do share. Yeah, yeah. MESS, M-E-S-S, that people use so readily, so consciously and unconscious, is to me massive energy susceptible to suggestion. Because everything is energy, be it good or bad, and there's no such thing as really good or bad, it really just is. Yes. We are the ones, our perception, that makes it either good or bad, but it just is. So massive energy, because everything is energy, everything. So that's another part of Baba's Soul Divine Yoga, because I go into the four and more elements, the earth, wind, fire, water, the ether. So that's a, that's a, a lifelong training within itself. And of course, I didn't get that at school because I don't even, I got my uh, GED at about 29 years of age wow so i don't have college training but you have knowledge training i have wisdom my mama used to say boy don't you have common sense and she always used to say common sense is not that common we say that often still common sense is not a commonality amongst 
people. Yeah. And it is so beautiful. You yeah. remind me of even my father, um, Baba, because my dad was also, I believe, a seventh grade. Um, I don't even want to say dropout. He just excused himself from the school system at the age of, what, 13. And so my dad also, much like you, was a self-made man. Not self like he made himself, but you know what I'm going there. He allowed life to kind of teach him. But then he, I'm sure, has been a millionaire doing the things that he learned how to paint and construction. So I believe as black men that are elders, such as yourself, you all had to reconstruct your lives outside of the confines of what you were told you could be, should be, you exceeded those expectations and so that's why I'm so so proud to have had you on our show because it is to lend to the versatility it is to lend to the ability to see yourselves for more than what society has said you could be that's either with an education or without and as you stated there's so many things that you do that you had to learn without it being through a college um, system. So I do want to give you some final words because we could go on and on with this um, interview. And I would love to at some point maybe have you back and have some other Babas come on and we can have you all speak because I've had two interviews thus far with two of you. And it is important that your voices are heard because I believe you have a lot to say and share with our youth. So in a summary of maybe like two, three minutes, I want you to, I'm going to ask you a question. What is the one thing that you wish someone has at, would ask you that you've not been asked before about you? And this is your opportunity to do so. Well, I would say how I was able to get to this point that I am at this present moment without making in my working career in this modern day and time, I don't think there was one year that I made over $13,000. Most of my life has been living off of my wits without going to jail. And without the only person that I hurt, and that was in my younger years, was myself. And once I got wise to not having a pity party and being self-destructive, I corrected that. So at present, I can now probably, I've done so much with so little, I can probably make miracles with nothing. I love it. I, to whom much is given, much is required even when much isn't given in the realm of what people think a lot is, you have given so much value to me today 
And I hope my viewers as well, because there's so much more to tap into with you as well, our elders. And that is why I have really positioned myself to base this particular show, It's Real podcast, about bridging those gaps. So often we burn them. So often we allow the waters of life to wash them out and wash away the people that are supposed to walk on them with us. And you and many of our other elders are supposed to walk with us and lead the generations from the elders to the youth and everything in between. And so I just want to say, I honor you. I honor my um, well, elders. If you allow me to say not even a half a minute. Sure. My major gift is that I'm given the most high the creator, a gift. Yes. And that gift is I'm going to give him back me after I had made it pure and clean. I'm going to give myself. I'm the sacrifice that I'm giving back to the most high father, mother, God, this gift of myself. That's my gift when I leave this planet Earth. And it indeed is a great gift. I want to say thank you so much, Baba Yoga Bay, for being an inspiration in my life. And I know many others. And I want to say thank you for taking out the time today to really share a part of you, an inner part of you, to share your vulnerabilities with us. By really, Sean, we don't always have it together, but we are always together. So I want the audience to know where they can find you, where they can book you, because you do have um, the ability to come and drum and speak words of life and all those things as you have done. And um, for me and my family. And so I do not want to leave here without my audience knowing how they may contact you, how they may book you, hire you, bless you. You give me all that information so that we will not be remiss to do so. And I just thank you again. So do share. Well, I would like to give them your contact. I would like to have you be my official spiritual manager, and they want to get in touch with me, go through you. Wow. I feel honored. I hope I can answer the call. <laughs> well, I hope so, too. I hope, I hope it becomes that much. Oh, wow. I, I feel honored, and I thank you. So I guess you're going to have to follow me, fam. If you're going to get to Baba, you're going to have to come through me. That sounds so familiar, doesn't it? In order to get to the Father, you got to come through me. Well, that's how it should be. The, 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 the guidance should always lead the, lead the path. Wow. I, 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 I am, you have me stuttering a little bit. <laughs> I feel honored and I'm grateful for you. And I, I give honor to you for your parents and all those that you honor um, in giving the, the um, libations. I extend that back to you. And I thank you again for coming on. It's real and keeping it real with us, inspiring through sharing relevant expressions about living life. And my parting words with you is 
whatever you believe that you have been sent here to do, do it. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged by naysayers because naysayers really don't have a say. Their words are idle. It's just idle chatter. When people try to tell you what you can't do because they don't see themselves being able to do it. So as Baba Yoga Bay drums us out, I hope that you allow the heartbeat that you have within you lead you. March to the beat of that drum. And as long as it's beating, you are going to continue defeating your inner me and your enemy. Know that you have everything within you to win. Go within, you won't go without. Thank you again for tuning in to It's Real, where we are inspiring through sharing relevant expressions about living life. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Greetings, beautiful people. Don't you know you don't need legs to leave a legacy? All you need is heart to do your part.